Hello, and welcome to the Pursuit Rooted podcast. I am Joseph Johnson, and you'll notice that my lovely wife, Samantha Johnson, is not with me today. I am flying solo on this podcast, um, but I want to invite you out to Pursuit. We are in our current sermon series about the purpose and power in our words, and we're going to continue that today and talking about the old self versus the new self and some points that Paul brings out about that that's applicable to what we've been teaching on. So we want to invite you out first and third Sunday each month at 6 p.m. We'd love to have you come join us and dive into the Word with us. So I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm probably going to talk with my hands a lot. I'm going to stop and drink coffee, and I may end up talking to Moo, who is not on the camera at the moment. And you may hear a voice. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> there he is. So, Because um, I'm doing it by myself. So. so let's jump into it here. Recap of the last two podcasts in the sermon. Um, first podcast, we talked about life and death and the power of the tongue and what that looked like. We dove into that idea. Um, podcast number two, we talked about what comes out of the mouth comes from the heart. And we went real deep into this idea of, um, of what the heart is and what desire is and how all this plays into what comes out and manifests in our life. And then the sermon for this month, the first sermon for this month, talked about the Word of God uh, and its power to bring transformation to us if we will honor and receive it, both the uh, written scriptural Word and the intimate spiritual presence of God, the Holy Spirit within us speaking to us. Um, so if we give honor to the word, uh, we will find that that transformation begins to take place in us. And it, this may seem like it's a, a lot of disconnected, uh, you know, subtopics around this whole thing, but in actuality, they all, they all really flow together. So we, we talked about life and death. We talked about, um, the heart being where the words, where our actions, where everything flows out of. We talked about honoring the word of God and allowing it to transform us. And today we're going to talk about, okay, we, we, we've been transformed. We've been given this newness of life. We've been given this new heart. We have this understanding of that I, I have the power to curse and bless. Um, what am I going to use my, my tongue for? And when I find that, um, when I find that I'm not necessarily walking in the, the model that Jesus gave us, well, what does that mean? Does it mean my heart's not actually new? Does it mean... You know, um, do I not have the Holy Spirit? Like, no, that's not what we're saying at all. The fact is, is that we we have the opportunity to choose to cast off that old self. And what is the old self? The old self is simply the old habits and desires that we did have. It's not a sin nature because Paul says our sin nature was crucified with Christ. I am. It would be incorrect for me to say that I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm not a sinner. I'm a new creation. I am a saint. I've been made righteous and justified by Jesus Christ. And I walk in newness of life now. So what is this old self then? This old self is those sinful desires and habits and things that have to be transformed. We have to walk away from those things and walk in the newness of life. So... Paul really, he, he points out some things in here that, that's going to be applicable to what we've been talking about, the purpose and power in our words. And we've been building this foundation of, you know, curses and blessings, um, the transformed life, what comes out of my, my mouth, you know, stems from my heart. And then we're moving towards 
now I'm making the decision to daily yield to the Spirit and to cast off those old uh, desires and to walk in the newness of life, to walk in the new self. And then the the last part of this um, this series is going to be on talking about how relationship flows, how authority flows from relationship, and how when we walk in step with Jesus, our words have authority too. So it's it's building this whole this whole path together um, that I hope will be uh, will make complete sense in the end. If it doesn't already, hopefully it does already. But um, so. We're going to talk today about the new self and the old self. And I want to read from Colossians 3, 1 through 17. Uh, Big section of scripture, but Colossians is one of my favorite, favorite sections of scripture. Uh, Colossians and Ephesians are both just fantastic books. Um, So Colossians 3, verse 1. If you then have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are not that are above, not on things that are on earth. Set your mind. Make the decision to put your mind on things above. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, his, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry, On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, and this is where we're going to laser in on here. Slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in in, in knowledge after the image of its creator." Here there is no Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. So I'm going to pause there before I read the rest of it. So he's telling us that we, we choose to set our mind on things that are above. Then he says, but now you must put them all away, talking about the the manifestations of the old self. And he lists anger, wrath, malice, but then he gets into Things that are coming, they're coming out of my mouth here. Um, so the ones that he points out, slander, obscene talk, lying. Those are three practices that he, that he points out that are no, no longer a part of the new self. So what, what is the, the, the truth here is that we've been freed from the power of sin. We've been given new hearts. We've been given the spirit of God that lives within us. And now we must choose to walk in this new life and put off the old self. We don't yield to the sin nature and the habits and practices associated with death any longer. And that's what Paul's saying here is that these practices are associated with death. So he points out these three things, slander, obscene talk, and lying one to another. And I I focused in on these because they're clearly related to what comes out of our mouth. You know, in Scripture it says we shouldn't be speaking a blessing and a curse. You know, sweet water and salt water shouldn't be coming out of the same fountain. Um, so whenever we see, whenever we look at our lives and we say, hmm, I see that some of these things are present in my life. Um, maybe maybe there's a, there's a point where I recognize that there's some, there's some slander that came out of my mouth, some gossip, but saying something I shouldn't have said. And I don't look at that and go, well, I'm clearly a sinner again. 
what I do is I look at that and I go, hmm, what just came out didn't look like Jesus. Well, the truth is I've been freed from the power of sin, but I just gave into temptation. And now what came out wasn't a blessing. It was a curse. It was something that was not, it's not promoting life. It's promoting death. So I look at that and I say, I need to cast off the old self. I've, I've somewhere along the way, I've put this dead body back up on me. I want you to imagine that if every time that we choose to walk in the ways of the old, the old self, that it's as if we're going and pulling that dead man out of the grave and we're putting him back on us and we're walking around with him. And there's, there's, you I mean, you could, you could really unpack that metaphor there. I mean, imagine like having a walk around with a dead body on you that would stink. Well, what is this? What, what does it spiritually and emotionally do when we are slandering people? What's that, 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 that when people hear that, when people experience us doing that? Well, that is that it, it's just like death. It's, it's like, it's repulsive. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know I, that's not, that's not good. Now, not always. Sometimes people will be like, they'll partake in it and that's not right. But people who are walking in step with the spirit will be kind of they're like, Hmm, that, that didn't really, that didn't really feel like the spirit there. And so if I recognize that, that I'm walking in these, one of these manifestations of death, I have a responsibility to go to go back to the Father and say, you know, I'm, I'm seeing some, I'm seeing some old self manifesting in me here, and I don't like it. I don't like it. I know you don't like it, and I don't like it. So, so what needs to happen here? What, what's causing this? Why am I, you know, why are these things coming out of my mouth? Why am I slandering? Why is there obscene talk coming out of my mouth? Why am I lying to people? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not running around lying to people, but, uh, but you get what I'm saying here. So he points out these three manifestations of the old self. Uh, along with anger, wrath, and malice, so six altogether. And we're told to put those things to death. Like, don't let those be a part of you. And I think that's really important because if I'm called to walk in this newness of life, I'm not just called to walk in this newness of life so that I can just simply um, think of how to say this. So that when people look at me... I'm looking, I'm looking at you here now. So we confuse niceness with Christian values in the church sometimes. Um, I have a really funny story. I'll have to bring someone on one day that can share about people confusing niceness with Christian values. It's, it's, a, it's a very comical story. Um, so whenever I simply don't say anything mean or I don't offend anybody or um, anything like that, and I, I look, I look the part of this nice, put together, very. I don't know how what the word what the word is what the words I'm trying to say here. Um, but this really, um, I don't know. What's the word, Moo? There's a word that's like. Usually, I would be looking at Sam, being like, "What is that?" I, mean, uh, I just think. Yeah, he's just a good person. Just yeah. a good sterilized, like there's no there's no aggressiveness, like this person never never upsets anybody, never does anything wrong. Like people look at that and they think that is that's what a Christian should look like. And I, that's not 
any way, shape, or form what a Christian should look like. There should be like manifestations of the fruit and the character and nature of God in my life, but there also should be the manifestation of power and authority in my life too. So I, I don't just look like this really, you know, civilized version of a person. I'm a good, you're just a, a nice, good person, you know, they got a good heart. And it's like, okay, well, what does that mean? You know, and, and what we've done is we've, we've, we've taken a step back and said, we're not going to be truthful because we don't want to upset people. Or we've changed the manifestation of what it looks like to be like Jesus into just being a good person. And that comes with how we carry ourselves, uh, the things that we do, the things that we say. And the truth is, is that it's not, I, I mean, I could, I could look all the parts and I could say all the right things and I could do all the right things to everybody around me. But, but does my life actually line up with Jesus? That's what I'm worried about. I'm not even worried about it. That's what I'm concerned with. Does my life actually line up with Jesus? It took a long way around here, but we're getting here. This is where I was going. So does my life actually look like Jesus? Not does it look like, you know, some church's idea of, of what a Christian should look like. Because sometimes we, man, I'm going down a rabbit trail here. Um, sometimes we, we have this idea of Christ looks like this, but this is what a Christian should look like. And we say things, moves over here shaking his head. We say things like, well, no, our lives should look like Jesus. But when we start having people walking around looking like Jesus, it makes people uncomfortable. Like Jesus, I think, was incredibly gracious and joyful and peaceful, but he confronted things. He, he spoke truth. And the reason why he had the authority to speak truth and he had the authority to bring transformation was he was in relationship with the Father. He was filled with the Spirit and he walked. He walked out relationship and obedience to the will of the Father as a model for us on this earth. He's King Jesus. He's Messiah. He is God. And He was in the flesh on earth. He did everything He did to model to us what we are supposed to be. So somewhere along the line, we created this disconnect of Jesus is here and we're here and, and we're just doing our best to try to make things work, but we could never be like Jesus. We can never actually be like Jesus. And that's incorrect. That's, that's, that's counter to what Scripture teaches. I'm, I will never be the Messiah, but I'm called to be like the one at whom I serve, the one whom I call King, who I call Lord. My life should look like Him in every way, shape, or form. And if it doesn't, I go to the Father and say, this needs resolved. I don't know, I don't know how. I'm not, gonna, I'm not here to tell you how to fix it. I'm just here to tell you I'm seeing stuff that doesn't look like Jesus, and we need to fix it. I know you want to fix it, so I'm bringing it to you. I'm laying this down saying, Father, let's fix this. Let's make this, let's make this look like Jesus. So I may find that you know, my, I think that my life lines up with Him in some ways, but then I find that what comes out of my mouth sometimes is not necessarily lining up with Him. And it's like, okay, what do I do about that? Well, I don't say well, I've just lost it all. I go to him and I say, God, I need your help. I need you to help me walk away from this old self and to walk in the newness of life. That is, that's what I have to do every day. I have to choose to walk in the newness of life so that I don't just look like what the church thinks a Christian should look like, but I look like the image of the one whom I serve. I look like Jesus. That is what I'm aiming for. That's what we're all supposed to be aiming for. 
Jesus spoke truth. If I'm speaking slander and obscene things and lies out of my mouth, then there's no room for truth. And I heard Michael Baker say at one time that I'm not allowing God to inhabit my words in that moment. And it gives me chills even just saying that right now. It was such a powerful thing that he said to me one day. Um, So if I truly want to look like Jesus, it's not enough just to come to church and to read my Bible and to, to serve, which we're all about talking. Next month's going to be about serving and we're all about serving. But there's more to it. If I, if I check all these boxes, but then I, I throw these to the side over here, that's, that's not right. I'm called to represent him well in everything. I'm called to represent him how I carry myself, how I live my life, what I speak, what I do, how I steward the resources I've been given in every way, shape, or form. I'm called to represent him well. We're talking specifically about the purpose and power in our words during this sermon series. And so I'm, I'm, I want to I laser in on that. But I have to understand that Jesus spoke truth and he spoke with authority. What he said brought transformation and it had power. If I want those, if I want to see those same things manifested in my life, then slander, gossip, obscene talk, and lying can't be present. Those things, it can't come out of the same fountain. So what's it look like to put on the new self then? Well, as the family of God, we've been made in the image of God, and we're told to put on this new self that Paul describes here. And we're going we're gonna to unpack this in just a minute here. Um, i go ahead and actually just read this now, picking up where we left off there. So put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all, above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Man, that was a lot, but it was good. He points out numerous qualities associated with the newness of life, just like he, Paul pointed out numerous qualities associated with the dead self, the old self. He points out that forgiveness, thankfulness, letting the word of Christ dwell in us, teaching and admonishing one another in wisdom and singing as manifestations of the new self. I'm picking those out specifically because they involve us actually saying something. We're we're using our words for something. Forgiveness. I have to, when I'm choosing to forgive someone, I'm looking at them and saying, I forgive you. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that. I'm releasing that out of my mouth. Thankfulness. I'm having a heart that is thankful to God in every situation. Um, letting the word of Christ dwell in us. This is what we talked about in the last sermon, which was taking in the word of Christ, the, the, the written scriptural word of, that we've been given, and then giving value to the voice of God in our hearts each and every day and letting that dwell in us to bring that transformation, teaching and admonishing one another in wisdom. We have to, as a part of the newness of self, we have to walk in the wisdom of God and teach each other, to, to bring each other up, to encourage each other, to build each other up, to disciple. That, that's part of this whole process. And I love this one, singing 
he, he talks about, he says, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. I, I love this because I don't think we see, I don't think we understand the value of singing, but uh, Paul specifically points it out here, and he actually points it out in the book of Ephesians as well, about the, the singing being a manifestation of, of the, the filling of the Spirit. I, uh, and let me think of how to... He says in, in, in Ephesians, he talks about being filled with the Spirit, not being filled with wine, and he specifically points out singing um, as, a, as a part of that, and depending on how you interpret what he said. But I look at that as though every single day, the way I interpret that and the way I'm interpreting this, if, if, I, want to, if I want to choose to be, to be filled with the Spirit every single day, to receive fresh filling, to, receive his, to come under His influence, I can choose to walk in these things. I can choose to sing and walk in hymns and spiritual songs, giving glory and thanks to God and watching as the Spirit just begins to fill me. I can choose to be thankful. I can choose to forgive if I sense that there's someone who needs forgiven in in my life. I can choose to lean into that scripture that I've been taking in and listen for the voice of God. So I can choose to allow His voice to transform me and to to bring me into that, continue to bring me into that newness of life. And then I can choose to let the manifestation of that come out of my mouth too. I'm walking in forgiveness. I'm walking in thankfulness. I'm walking in, you know, hymns and spiritual songs and thankfulness to God. So lastly, Paul encourages us to whatever we do in word or deed, do it in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God, the father through him. So in everything that we do, we should be giving thanks to God in word or deed, Everything we do is we are doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus. So it's as if he were here doing it. Moo, why don't you think about this with me here? I'm called to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. And that should, that should make me stop. I mean, just, you, you just, I, I think I'm on the right track here, but, but be, let's be a soundboard here. That should cause me to stop. And if I find myself about to partake in gossip, I should ask myself, if Jesus were here right now, would he be partaking in this conversation? Because I'm called to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. So what that's saying is that as a representative of Jesus, what I'm doing right now is a reflection of what he would be doing if he were here right now, because I'm his ambassador. What if we thought about that before we opened our mouths up? What if we thought about that before we, before we made some decisions? Am I on the right track there? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think if we had that awareness to do that, then, you know, obviously we would not make as many or if any bad decisions. If, it's, if, if we think me and uh, Kelsey's mom talked about this a little bit, and I kind of think of consciousness as the Holy Spirit. And I know there's probably some like, you know, people who may disagree with that or agree with that, whatever, you know, there's a lot of times where I've done stuff where I'm like, something told me I probably shouldn't have done that. But now that I did it, I'm like, dang, why did I do that? And there's other times it's like someone, something said I shouldn't have done that. So I didn't do it. And I'm glad I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can debate whether that's, you know, our consciousness or or the Holy Spirit or whatever it is. And, you know, like, I think that's 
personal belief, but I think there's a, a good point to to understand where you sit on that line because I think uh, I think that will really help how we live our lives and really differentiate the choices that we make. Yeah, and I want to jump in on like a word you said there. You said awareness, like that. That's what really stuck out to me in that, like being aware of the Holy Spirit speaking in my life to tell me, hey, what you're about to say right now would not be coming out of your king's mouth. What you're about to do right now would not be an action that Jesus would be doing. So how do we become more aware? And I think that is through the the daily consistent relationship with God and communion with Him. We become more and more aware of His presence speaking to us. Um, I had a situation at work yesterday where... I was trying to solve a problem at work and I could not solve it. And I just had this like out of nowhere, this thought just kind of like inserted into my mind. And when it came, I was like, mm, that felt like a word of knowledge. And then I went to where it told me to go and I found the problem. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Holy Spirit. Yeah. Now, for every one that I, that I hear like that, there's probably 10 that I miss yeah. because I need to be more aware. And I'm, that's why I'm like, God, make me more aware so I can I can see in, uh, whenever you're you're you are speaking into my heart and in my mind. And ideally it's, you, know, you want to get to a point where, where that's just, it's, it's just a consistent, I'm going to say it's just a consistent flow of awareness of his presence. That's the, that's what the whole book about brother Lawrence was about. Um, but the, it's letters from brother Lawrence about practice, practicing the presence, becoming more and more aware of his presence. And when we become more and more aware of his presence, we continue to just, it's like, building and momentum and walking in that newness of life, um, which is, I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about here. That's the goal. Yeah. Thank you for using that, that word awareness move. That was a word I was trying to, I was trying to pull out there. Um, so I want to, I'm gonna go ahead and land this here. So you, the, the truth is that when you've been set free, you've been given new life, but every day you get to choose that new life manifests through your words and actions. If it does, do you want that new life to manifest through your words or actions, or do you want to continue to manifest the the things that the old self manifested? Um, it may be easy to get the job done. So this is just to think about this as a practical question in your life uh, or statement in your life. Um, it may be easy to get the job done, but can we do it without complaining? I know I know people who who like man they can they can get a job done they can do the work. But they are going to make it very clear that they're not happy when they're doing it and complain about it the whole time. I've been guilty of doing that at, at times uh, as well. And I have to, I, I have to, I have to repent and, and walk away from that. So it's not just about getting the job done, but it's about not complaining while we're doing it, while we're doing it, not letting the, the old self the old self's habits and desires and things speak out from, through us. Uh, it's, it's easy to get to answer the call to help a family member or a church member, but do we complain about how it was inconvenient afterward? And it's like, that's what we're talking about here. That's, that is not consistency. Um, so this may seem like trivial things that I'm pointing out here, things that just really don't matter, but in reality they do because they show me if I'm walking in step with the Spirit, um, and when I'm walking in step in, with the Spirit, then I'm walking in step with the authority of God as well. And that's, and that's where we're actually going with this. Because if I can walk away from the old self, the, 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 the manifestations of the old self, I've been freed from that. But if I can walk away from that and walk in the new self, consistently coming under the influence of the Spirit, aware of His presence, 
and seeing this, these manifestations of the new self, um, this new life I've been given, then what happens is, is as I continue to do that, I begin to find that this relationship with God continues to grow and I too begin to grow in authority. Um, and that's, that's, something, that's where we want to go and that's what we're going to talk about next week about Jesus' authority as the Son and the Word of God and how we too must model that same lifestyle if we want our words to be full of authority. So we've talked about the heart. We've talked about blessings and curses. Uh, blessings and curses. Um, out of the heart flows the, the, uh, the things of life. We've talked about the Word of God and letting the Word of God bring transformation to us. And now we've talked about we've, we've experienced that transformation or we're, we are experiencing it. But how do we continue to walk in the manifestation of that transformation and to speak the things that God's speaking to, to uh, speak the things that, that continue to move us more in the newness of life and grow in that relationship so that, and this is where we're going, that our words may have authority and power to do the things that God has called us to do so we truly look like Jesus in word and deed. So that's where we're going, and we'll go ahead and land this plane here. And with that, I'll say go do what Jesus said. <laughs>